summoners, and welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem heroes. This is Grepstein, and I'll be your Phaeologist today. In today's episode, I wanted to go through building a tactics team, meaning a team that has different movement types in order to be able to use tactic skills and take advantage of those skills that require you to have two uh, units of a given movement type or fewer on your team. So I, I think there's not a ton out there about building a good tactics team. And I see this question come up all the time in Reddit and in other sites for Fire Emblem Heroes is people want some advice about how to build a good tactics team. So, you know, I've, I've had a lot of skills and heroes to be able to build a good tactics team for a while. But a couple days ago, I sat down and really dug into all of the heroes and the skills uh, and the movement types and really everything that I could think of that would go into building a team. Uh, that way I could build one for myself because it's something I've been putting off for a long time. It's something that takes a lot of planning in my opinion and a lot of the skills that go into building a really strong tactics team are skills that are five-star exclusive some of them are limited to seasonal units that we don't have on banners at the moment and might not have for several more months. So when you're building a tactics team, at least in my opinion, you want to build one that's going to be pretty good and pretty strong for a, a, a while, not one that you're going to build and then want to switch up to another team and then another team. So I, as I mentioned, I sat down and I made a list of every single hero in the game that I thought would work well on a tactics team. And I thought of all the skills that would be really strong on a tactics team too. And I wanted to share what I found with you guys. And hopefully it helps some listeners come up with a good tactics team that you can build on your team. And uh, later in this episode, I'm gonna go over the team that I built, the four units that I used and the skills that I put on them and the process that I put into coming up with which skills to give which units. And I will throw out there that my team is a really high investment tactics team. So, you know, it's I tried to make it as optimal as possible. I don't expect most people to be able to build a team quite like mine. But at the same time, I don't I, I think there's so many different ways to build a tactics team. And I don't even claim that my tactics team is the best way to build one, there are probably some ways to improve on my team too. So anyway, with all that being said, let's start off with a list of a couple things that I think are really important to consider for a tactics team, uh, especially even more so than just any regular team. And I'll say that building a tactics team is a lot like a puzzle. It's like putting together a complicated puzzle in Fire Emblem Heroes. And here's why. These are all the things that you need to consider for a tactics team. And for any team, really, but it's especially hard for a tactics team. The first thing is you have to think about the color spread of the units on your team. Because you don't want to choose all red units or all blue units and have a perfect movement uh, for your team and heroes that are very synergistic for a tactics team, but then they can't take out units of a certain color on the map. So giving a good color spread is important. A second thing is, and this is true for any team as well, is you wanna have some units on your team that deal some magical damage and some that deal physical damage. 
uh, when thinking about a really strong team composition. A third thing, and this is you know a little bit trickier with tactics teams, is thinking about mobility of your units because cavalry and flyers often have an advantage with mobility, but it might be a little bit trickier to think about how to put different movement types together in order to have a really mobile team. Then a fourth thing, and this is where tactic teams in particular get kind of tricky, is that you have to, for tactic teams, when you're using tactic skills and uh, you, you want to use a lot of buffing, but you, you don't want to use redundant buffs either. You don't want to give every single unit on your team attack buffs uh, because visible buffs don't stack with each other. So you're going to have to spread out your buffs. And along with that, you need to think about which units on your team want which buffs the most. Uh, because every unit probably wants attack, but slow enemy phase units, for example, probably don't really care much about getting more speed. They can do fine with quick repost on their B-slot skill. Uh, units that maybe are really strong in, say, defense, but weak in resistance. Uh, a lot of the time, I will just forgo the defensive stat that they're weak in and try to build the defensive stat that they're strong in. Um, so they might be able to forgo improving the stat that they're weak in. So I think for building a tactics team when using tactic skills, since a tactic skill doesn't give a boost to the unit that has that C-slot skill. So one of the most important ways to figure out which unit should get which tactics skill is to think about which stat they don't want the most for each hero and try to give a unit the tactic skill that corresponds to the stat that they don't want that their allies do want. And then another thing to think about too is thinking about which heroes uh, who have weapons and other skills, which heroes are you going to put on your tactics team if they have uh, weapons or skills that synergize with a tactics team. So those are kind of the overarching things that I think you need to think about for building a tactics team. Let's get into some skills that I think stand out, in my opinion, as good skills to use on a tactics team. So the first one is obvious. I've already mentioned it. It's tactic skills. So these are C-slot skills that will give plus six either attack, plus six speed, plus six defense, or plus six resistance. And th those are the it's attack tactic and speed tactic, etc. So uh, these skills are going to give plus six to one stat for units on their team that have two or fewer of that movement type. So if you have two cavalry units and you have a tactic skill on an armor unit, then if those cavalry units are within two spaces of the armor unit, then both cavalry units will get the plus six buff. If you have three cavalry units though, then none of them will get the buff. So that's why it's important to mix up the different movement types on your tactics team. So let's think about some other skills that might be useful as well. So another one that I think stands out to me is Guidance on a Flyer, because Guidance can help with mobility by allowing different armor units and infantry units to be able to warp around on a map. And that might be especially important on a mixed movement team to have that additional mobility. So now I'm going to split the next set of skills that I think work well into two categories. The first category is different buffing type skills that are spur type buffs. 
meaning that they apply in combat and they don't show up as visible buffs at any point. They don't show up as those blue buffs that you see added to a unit's stats, but they still add to a unit when they're fighting in combat. So there's a couple different types of these stats that will work well on a tactics team. The most obvious one, in my opinion, is drive skills. The most beneficial is a drive skill. A drive skill is going to work well with tactic skills because drives are going to stack on top of these visible buffs that you get from tactic skills. And on top of that, they have two range, so they're perfectly in sync with tactic skills. So skills like drive attack, drive speed, uh, all the drive skills work pretty well with tactic skills since you're hoping to stay within about two range of units with tactic skills as well. There are some other spur type buffs that you can use as C slot skills. For example, spur skills, dual spur skills, and bond skills, which are A slot skills. All of these also provide spur type bonuses, but these skills, unlike drive skills, require allies to be adjacent during combat. And, you know, obviously that still fulfills the requirement of being within two spaces for tactic skills to activate but it's sometimes awkward to have uh, tactics type skills and skills that require you to be adjacent to an ally in the same team, because sometimes one will apply and not the other. So those are some spur type skills that can stack up on tactic skills. Here are some other visible types of buffs that you might consider for a tactics team. Uh, sometimes you can use them in place of tactic skills, uh, other times, they might kind of compete with tactic skills if you have them on the same team. And the reason for that is that visible buffs don't stack on top of each other. Uh, visible buffs will just take the highest buff that a unit receives out of all of the available skills that apply. So tactic skills are visible buffing skills. And the other skills that are like that are emblem buffing skills, uh, C-slot skills, like fortify and hone, like armor, flyers, um, and cavalry, all of those emblem types of buffing skills that produce visible buffs. And so this might help on a tactics team, but it's only going to help units of the same movement type as a unit. So on a tactics team, it's only going to help one other unit at most. And that's going to be an issue because it's not going to stack with tactic skills and it's not going to help units that aren't of that movement type. Now, another type of visible buff that can be helpful on a tactics team is link skills. And we only have two of these so far, but link skills are B-slot skills that give stat buffing to two stats at a time and two units at a time. But the downside of them is that they take up a unit's turn to use. So that means you have to actually use a movement assist skill and then the buff supply. A third type of visible buff is wave skill. Three of those at the moment. The big benefit to using a wave skill is that they're going to buff the unit with the skill as well. The issue with them is with range and consistency of the skill because the range is only for adjacent units and consistency it's only going to work one of every two turns, either on even turns or on odd turns. And then finally, we have hone types of skills and fortify types of skills. So these are like wave skills, but they're weaker 
and they have smaller range, but they are more consistent because they apply every single turn. So are a lot of the skills that I think you would strongly consider for tactics teams. You can also, of course, consider debuffing skills like chills, faints, and ploys, but I'm not going to go into those types of skills much more in this episode. So now let me go into some weapons, and I first want to start off with inheritable weapons. Unfortunately, most of these are seasonal weapons, so if you missed out on getting these heroes uh, or you know, pulling them on their original banners, then you might not have any of these weapons available, and you might not want to give up uh, a seasonal unit, if you only, especially if you only have one copy of them. So there's basically three types of seasonal weapons that I think have good synergy on a tactics team. And the first one that I'll go into is the Bridal Blessings weapons that we got banner from last year. So this would be weapons like First Bite on Charlotte, Blessed Bouquet on Sheeta, and Cupid Arrow on Bride Cordelia. These weapons give plus two to defense and resistance to allies within two spaces after combat. So it'll apply to all different movement types. Uh, this does work as a visible field buff, so it's not going to stack with tactics uh, bonuses. But a nice thing about these different buffs is that if you refine any of those weapons, then you can improve those buffs to be plus five to both defense and resistance to both the unit with the weapon and to allies within two spaces uh, after combat. So that makes these a little bit uh, nicer weapons to use, but ultimately these don't stack with tactic skills. They don't give as strong as a uh, of a boost as a tactic skill since these give plus five when refined, whereas tactic skills give plus six to one stat. And so I, I don't know, you could use one of these weapons in place of some tactic skills, but it's also a downside that you have to go into combat to activate these skills. So let me go into two other weapons that don't require you to, uh, to enter combat just to apply the buffs. So the second one that I'll go into is the Norian Summer Weapons. So this is uh, the summer second summer banner that we got last year. And these weapons are Lilith Floaty, an axe that came on Summer Xander, Tomato Tome, a red tome that came from Summer Leo, Sea Life Tome from Summer Corin and Hibiscus Tome, a green tome that came from Summer Elise last year. All of these weapons give attack and speed plus one, uh, a spur type of bonus to allies within two spaces in combat. So that stat, that's kind of like drive skills, but it's, a, it's not even drive one uh, for a skill, but it's like two different stats at once, so at least that's how that works. So because it gives attack and speed plus one, that will sync up nicely and add on top of tactic skills. And I think that's ultimately a pretty small boot, like boost to a, a unit's combat ability. So I'm not sure how helpful these weapons would actually be, but they do have some synergy on a tactics team because of these bonuses that they come with. Another type of spur bonus that we've gotten are from the New Year's weapons. And we only had uh, three of these units that came with these bonuses. So the first one was Katamatsu, which came on Camilla. Then we have Hagoita, which is on New Year's Azura. And Hamaya, which came on Corin, which we finally got through the Tempest Trials back in January. 
and all of these weapons give defense and resistance plus two to allies within two spaces. So this is another spur bonus, and because of this spur bonus, it again, it stacks up on top of tactic skills. It will apply to all different movement types. Uh, not a bad spur overall. Uh, so that's those are some of the inheritable weapons that you might consider that are seasonal. There's also one weapon that's not seasonal that you might consider uh, that has some good synergy that is inheritable as well. And that would be Light Breath Plus, which is on Ninian and Fey. So it is available on a three-star unit in Fey, and you could give it to any different dragon in the game, even though most people tend to go with Lightning Breath Plus. Light Breath Plus, after getting refined, is going to give plus five to all stats, to attack, to speed, to defense, and resistance, to both the unit and to, to allies within two spaces of a dragon after the unit with Light Breath Plus enters combat. So again, these are going to be field buffs, visible buffs, and the plus five is to all four stats. So that's incredibly strong. Of course, it's not quite the plus six that you get to one stat from a tactic skill. So you might be able to use a tactic skill, well, four different tactic skills to give a slightly stronger boost, but this is plus five to all four stats. So it's incredibly strong. It does require you to enter combat with a unit to use it. And it doesn't come with Distant Counter like Lightning Breath Plus does. So you might want to use Distant Counter to be able to get the maximum effect on it. Also, I think this buff, when you use it in the player phase, it'll keep going in the enemy phase, but it won't last in your next player phase. It'll end before your next player phase comes around. So it means you probably, to get the maximum benefit from Light Breath Plus, you'd want to attack with Light Breath Plus and then uh, have the rest of your units go afterwards. And you're not going to be able to take advantage of this bonus in the enemy phase because, again, the plus five to all stats is going to expire at the end of the enemy phase, and you won't be able to use it in your player phase at all if it applies in the enemy phase. So ultimately, I think... I don't know how many of these units or these weapons people even have. I think they all are all synergistic with a... Uh, with a tactics type of team, but ultimately none of these units really stand out to me as great choices. The weapons might be okay if you fodder them to another unit. I think if I were to choose any of these units for a tactics team, the one that stands out the most to me is probably New Year's Azura on a tactics team because she is a dancer and she's going to be able to help out the rest of her team like that. Uh, she can have guidance to help out her team's mobility on top of that. So I think she is the unit with a weapon heritable that might be strongest, uh, but natively comes with that weapon too. The rest of the units, I don't really know if I would very strongly consider them for a tactics team, but I did want to go into all of those units and their weapons and how they do synergize on a tactics team. Before I get into some PRF weapons and units with those PRF weapons that will do really well on a tactics team, I wanted to just throw out there that of all the assists and the specials that we have in the game, the only ones that stand out to me as having any sort of synergy on a tactics team is either single stat or dual stat rallying skills, because those skills can produce visible buffs for your units. 
and can do so for any different movement type. But ultimately, I think having different movement skills like reposition or swap or drawback is often more helpful than having single or dual stat rallies unless you're in the arena trying to score highly where you might want to use some dual stat rally skills. So otherwise, no specials or assist skills really stand out to me. I think you would just use uh, specials and assist skills as you normally would. So now let me go into where I think things get a little bit more interesting here, and it's heroes with PRF weapons that synergize really well on a tactics team. Now, a lot of those heroes happen to be five-star exclusive heroes. A fair amount of them are also seasonal, so that does make it a bit more difficult to use some of these units. But my hope is that there are a lot of these heroes to choose from, and I'm going to go through all of them by color. And so my hope is that you have at least a few of these units, or if you don't, then maybe when these heroes come back, you can maybe plan out a tactics team that you'd like to build and then maybe target one or two of these units to complete your tactics team. So let me start off with a unit that I haven't mentioned much yet, but really if we didn't have this unit in the game, then I don't even know if it's worth doing an episode on this. And hopefully all of you are considering using this unit as one of the staples of your tactics team. And that is, of course, Erica. Erica's refined Sigland is probably what spurred most people to even consider building a tactics team because the tactics buffs are what allow her to get the highest possible effect with Sigland, where her refined weapon, what it does is not only can she take on visible buffs herself like any other unit in the game, but when she has allies that are buffed, then she is going to take on the buffs, the highest buffs of all of the allies within two spaces of her. And those are going to apply as in-combat spur bonuses for her that stack up on top of her visible buffs. So, you know, she can add visible buffs that she has on top of visible buffs that her allies have in all four stats. And the best way to do this is to to apply plus six buffs to her directly, but also plus six buffs to her teammates as well. That way she gets plus six her directly herself and plus six more to all stats from her teammates to get plus 12 to all four of her stats, which is a huge boost, something that no other hero in the game can do. So I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this episode, that you are probably considering using Erica as one of the four units on your tactics team. If you aren't, I highly suggest you do, but she is available at three and four stars. So I expect that most people who want her probably have her. If you don't have her, then, you know, hold out hope. I, I believe that you can get her soon. And Sika is what inspired me to go through and build a tactics team. Otherwise, I don't think there's like a huge benefit towards doing that unless you're just tired of using emblem teams. So because I'm basically going to just assume here that Erica is going to be unit number one that you're using on your tactics team. So because of that, that influences some of the decisions that I'm going to make down the road uh, because you probably don't want two or three sword units on your team at the same time which is a little tough because we have so many sword units and a lot of the units that might synergize the best on a tactics team unfortunately happen to be sword units but that's okay there's other units too 
So let's go through by color and look at all the units that have PRF weapons that synergize nicely on a tactics team. So let's start off with red units, other units than Erica. And the first one that came to mind for me is Bride Tharja with her PRF tome, Muspel, Muspel Fire Posey. It gives her plus two to attack and speed when she has uh, times the number of allies that she has within two spaces of her during combat. So this is a spur type of bonus. And the reason that I include her in a lot of units on this list as being synergistic with a tactics team is that they benefit from having units within two spaces of them, which is going to work perfectly with tactics skills. So Musebill Fire Posey is a fantastic weapon to use on a tactics team because of this to two of the stats that Tharja wants the most, attack and speed, when she has allies within two spaces of her. And just to clarify, that's just Bridal Tharja, not any other version of Tharja. So she is great. A second unit that's really good on a tactics team is Ulysian Traveler's Olivia, so the flying version Olivia with her weapon Scold, because not only is she a flying unit, but her weapon gives plus three to all stats, and that applies to all movement types. And that's going to sync up really nicely with Erica's Sigwind to, you know, if you give that to Erica, it'll help her. If you give it to an ally of Erica's, it'll also help Erica. So that's why Olivia's on this list. Uh, young Tiki with her Breath of Fog uh, effect refinement to give her attack defense bond, essentially, plus five to attack and defense when she's in with within two spaces of a sword unit or a dragon unit. So that's synergistic. Again, we're talking about a two-space effect, and it helps out Young Tiki's attack and defense, which makes her stronger. Adult Tiki has the same refinement, so I won't go into it again, but she has the same benefit and pretty much the same thing as Young Tiki there, just with some different stats. We have Summer Tana. Summer Tana's Fruit of Ethun. It allows her to warp, or it allows her to uh, have allies warp to her when her HP is above 50%. So that's very synergistic with the tactics team. Any single unit within two spaces can warp to her. That's more helpful than Halloween Noe, who's also on this list with her Grimoire Tome, allows her to warp to allies within two spaces when she's above 50% HP. So uh, Summer Tana's Tome is more helpful because it allows three units to warp to her, whereas Halloween Noe's Tome only allows her to warp to other three units on the team. So then we have Marth, and I think he's the first, uh, well, other than Olivia, who's the dancer on this list, Marth is the first sword unit that is on this list that's not just a support unit, um, but with his Spectrum Drive Falchion refinement, he gives plus two to all stats, which is a spur bonus. And that's incredibly powerful, would be very nice for a tactics team, except again, stacking up Marth and Erica on the same team uh, might not be optimal because that would just potentially be too many sword units. Uh, Male Morgan is also on this list because he has Grima's Truth, and that tome gives plus five to attack and to speed to himself and to allies within two spaces after he enters combat. So similar to Light Breath Plus from before, but now on a tome user. 
Uh, so this produces visible field buffs that will help Erica's Siglind and help Erica directly too. And I think it's a strong contender in all of the red uh, PRF weapons to be on a tactics team as well. Sanaki, her refinement for Cymbeline gives plus five to attack and resistance when she's within two spaces of a flyer. So very similar to young Tiki and adult Tiki, except with resistance instead of defense and with a slightly different requirement of the ally that needs to be within two spaces. And Melkorin, his refined Yado, gives plus four a spur bonus to all the stats to a support partner on the team. So he gives plus four to all stats. Uh, but it also stacks on top of uh, the supports that we get, the support bonuses that we get when you have two allies support each other. So that's another, you know, it just reminds me that when you're using a tactics team or any team that you plan to use uh, consistently the same four units, make sure to support units on your team to help each other out even more. And I think that's especially important to remember on a tactics team. Uh, where you might choose the same four units every time and that they want to be close to each other to get all of the buffs from tactic skills. Okay, so those are all of the red units that have PRF weapons that I think strongly synergize on a tactics team because either they have uh, visible buffs or spur buffs built into their weapons somehow, and a lot of those apply within two spaces. So that's why I have all of those units list. So let's go down to blue units. It's a much shorter list. There's only three blue units that I think that I could think of that have good synergy on a tactics team. The first one is Brave Lucina. Brave Lucina in her weapon Gearskagol, uh, it gives attack and speed plus three to units within two spaces of her. It's a spur bonus type uh, bonus. And the only downside to this is that she only gives attack speed plus three to units that deal physical damage. This isn't going to apply to any mages uh, or any healers within two spaces of her. So that's a bit of a downside. We have Hinoka and her Hinoka Spear Refinement. That can synergize pretty well with a tactics team because it allows flyers and infantry units within two spaces to warp to her. Keep in mind, it doesn't work for armor units, so it's not the same as Guidance, the normal C-slot skill of Guidance. And then the third blue unit and the last one that I could think of is Lind with her Refined Aura. With Refined Aura, she gets plus five attack and speed to great stats for her but she has to be within two spaces of a mage or a staff user. And this works as a spur bonus, so it only applies in combat. It's not visible buffs, so it would stack up on top of tactic skills. The downside is the team building requirement of having another mage or a staff user on the team. So those are the blue units. It's, this, it's a pretty small pool of blue units, and only one of them uses magic. So it's a little bit tricky and all three of those units are also five-star exclusives, so it might be tough to find any of them. Now let's get into green units. There's a few more green units than blue units. The first one is one of the newer units, and that is Legendary Hector. Legendary Hector has two things that work out really well on a tactics team. Not only is he a really strong hero with his stat distribution, but Thunder Armads works very well on a tactics team because it prevents him from getting follow-up attacks when more allies are within two spaces of him than the number of foes. 
So that is going to work well in a tactics team because tactic tactics teams want to be within two spaces of each other. So he's going to work nicely with Thunder Armads on a tactics team. The second thing that works really well in a tactics team is Ostia's Pulse, which basically could have been called Tactics Pulse if it were given to any other unit in the game and if it were inheritable, but it's not. So Ostia's Pulse, because it's exclusive to Legendary Hector, gives Legendary Hector a second skill that allows him to be a really strong unit on a tactics team. And Ostia's Pulse reduces the special cooldown by one at the start of turn one for all ally movement types where you have two or fewer units of that movement type. So the same condition as tactics skills. So... It only applies on turn one, but it's a strong bonus that can apply to all of the units on your team, except for Hector himself. So now we have a couple other units that I would consider for being your green unit here. The next one that I'm going to go over is Performing Arts Azura. Uh, so just like Flying Olivia from before, Performing Arts Azura's weapon, Earther, provides plus three to all stats, which is visible field buffs, which again can be very strong on a tactics team. Uh, she's an infantry unit, so she's a little bit less useful as compared with Olivia, who's a fly dance. But she can still you know, apply this plus three buff to any units on her team, and that's going to help out Erica as well. Three more units to consider out of green units. The next one is Bride Sanaki, who has the same effect built into her weapon as Bride Tharja does. So Niffle Frost Flowers with Bride Sanaki gives her plus two to attack and speed times the number of allies within two spaces of her. And that's very strong as well. Uh, she's a flying unit, so that's really helpful too. The only downside is that her speed tends to be relatively average, so the plus speed doesn't do as much for her as it does for Tharja. The second to last green unit is Legendary Lin. Uh, she comes, she like Legendary Hector, she has two things that make her more helpful on a tactics team. The first is her weapon, Swift Mulligear, which gives her attack and speed plus five when she has more allies than foes within two spaces of her. The second thing is her A slot skill, which is exclusive to her, and that's Laws of Sakae that when she has more than one ally within two spaces of her during combat, uh, when a foe initiates combat, she'll get plus four to all of her stats. So unfortunately, it's not the best kit synergistically, but they do synergize pretty well with a tactics team. And then the last green unit to consider is Merrick. With Refined Excalibur, this gives him pretty much the same effect as Lind, where he gets plus five to attack and speed with when within two spaces of Aura user, again, this is a spur bonus just like for Lind. The benefit to Merrick that Lind doesn't get is that Merrick gets minus, minus one to his cooldown count on top of that. So those are all the green units. So now just a couple units that are going to work well that are colorless units on a tactics team. The first one is Wings of Fate Hinoka. Wings of Fate Hinoka uh, comes with Warrior Princess as her weapon. And the reason that this is synergistic on a tactics team is that it gives plus three attack to allies within two spaces. It is essentially drive a tactic two on her weapon. And that's going to be nice because it will, you know, it's a spur bonus. It's going to stack up on top of tactics bonuses. 
And then finally, we have Soth with Peshkats. And his weapon after combat is going to give plus four to all stats to him and to allies within two spaces. This is going to be a visible field buff, so it's a nice buff because it's plus four to all stats. But again, just like a couple of the other weapons that I've talked about that give bonuses like this to all stats after combat, it's only plus four, and you could potentially do better with plus six to individual stats with tactic skills, and you might be able to get all four tactic skills to your units to do better than that. So those are all the units that I'm going to consider, and there might be a few more that I missed, so I'm interested in hearing from you guys if there's any other units that I didn't mention that you think might have some synergy on a tactics team like this. Basically, a lot of those units fall into a couple categories. Either they provide visible buffs to other units, they provide spur buffs to other units in combat, or other units being close to them provide spur or visible bonuses to them. So that's basically how I came up with that list and why the units that are on that list are on that list. So hopefully that helps you think of some units that you might have on your team that might be a little bit better on a tactics team than just throwing tactic skills on some random units. So the other units that you might consider for a tactics team, some people would call these budget options, but I am not sure that they're all budget options as in some of them are five-star exclusive, some are seasonal, um, and some are legendary heroes, so that's certainly not a budget hero. But the reason I, people might call them a budget option is because it doesn't require them to fodder tactic skills. So here are the heroes that come with tactic skills that you might first consider trying out some of these tactic skills on a tactics team with. And then as things go along, if you make up your mind on maybe some other units that you want to use instead, then you might try foddering some tactic skills off to other units. So amongst the red units, we have Legendary Ike, who comes with Defense Tactic. Sigbert comes with Attack Tactic. And Kanas comes with Resistance Tactic as a Tempest Trial unit. Uh, we only have two copies of him, but he does have Resistance Tactic available at four stars. Then as far as blue units go, we have Larishal, who has Resistance Tactic, She's available at four stars, but resistance tactic doesn't unlock until five stars. And then Shiro is the other blue unit, and he has defense tactic available. Uh, amongst our green units in the game, we have Legendary Lin, who is the only unit in the game that has speed tactic. And then other green units with tactic skills include Love Abounds Lolina. She has attack tactic. Obviously, she's seasonal. Um, we have Spring Sharena, who had Resistance Tactic, and those are all of the green units with tactic skills. Finally, we have Legault, who has Attack Tactic, and he has Attack Tactic available at four stars. He's available in the main summoning pool, so he's one of the best units to think about using as fodder for uh, tactic skills in the game. Of course, on top of that, we also have Defense Tactic and Resistance Tactic as Sacred Seals, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Attack Tactic show up at some point down the road. I hope we get Speed Tactic at some point as a Sacred Seal, but because it's exclusive to a Legendary Hero, we'll see if it's something that they release in the game at any point in the near future, or if it's something that they hold on to for a while, hoping that people will pull Legendary Lin, who, aside from having Speed Tactic as a uh, an exclusive skill to her, 
uh, doesn't really stand out as a very good unit in combat. So that's everything that I wanted to go over with you guys in terms of weapons and units and skills that I think work well on a tactics team. So for the remainder of this episode, I'm going to go through the units that I chose from this list and how I decided to build them and what I ultimately gave them as skills. So if you're interested in hearing what I did, then you can stick around. If you're not, then you can drop out at this point because that's all I'm going to talk about from this point on. But uh, I do want to just point out that all the skills and the weapons and everything that I've went over to this point is exactly how I came to the process of deciding which units to put on my tactics team, which skills to put on my tactics team. And I'll go over how I decided uh, exactly which units to choose as well as which skills to give which units for the rest of this episode. So let me start off with the units that I thought were a sure thing that were locks for my tactics team. The unit that I knew for sure that I was going to use on my tactics team was Erica. I'd already refined her Siglind, and for months now I've been trying to think of which units might work well on a tactics team with her. And it was hard to come up with, really obviously, where to even start with that. So the second unit that I came up with was Legendary Hector. Legendary Hector, when he was released, uh, you know, as I mentioned, came with two things that make him perfect for a tactics team. Not only is he a really strong hero, and is he a different movement type and a different color from Erica, but his weapon and his C-slot skill synergize perfectly for a tactics team. So Erica and Legendary Hector were two units that I knew for sure I was going to use as the core of my tactics team. So now it's just coming up with two other units, and this is where things got a bit more challenging and why I needed to come up with all of this other analysis to figure out which two other units to put with them. So because I have Hector on the team and he's an armor unit, I knew I had two choices. One, I either needed a second armor unit to go along with him because his movement, his mobility is going to be really poor without another armor unit to use armor march with him. Or I need a flyer to use guidance to help improve his mobility. So those were my two choices. Because there aren't any other armor units in the game right now that I listed up to this point in this episode that have great synergy on a tactics team, I decided to go the second route and go with a flyer and give them guidance. So ideally, I would take a hero from the heroes that I've already mentioned, and I would prefer to use either a blue or a colorless flyer because I want them to be a different color than Erica and a different color than Legendary Hector, if possible, to get a good color distribution. So I strongly can Zura and Flying Olivia, those would be strong units on this type of a mixed emblem team. And they'd be dancers and they could get guidance. The issue is that they're the same colors as Legendary Hector and as Erica. So the two units that I really strongly considered in addition to them were Hinoka and Wings of Fate Hinoka. So two different versions of Hinoka. Uh, she seemed to fit the bill. I just needed to figure out which of those two versions of her was going to be best on my tactics team. So Wings of Fate Hinoka, uh, she comes with Drive Attack 2 in her weapon. And a regular Hinoka with a refinement to her Hinoka's spear 
it's going to give that guidance effect to flyers and infantry units. The problem with Blue Hinoka and with Hinoka Spear Refinement is that her her skill doesn't give guidance to armor units. And so if I wanted to improve Hector's mobility, Hinoka wasn't going to do that just with Hinoka's spear, which means I would need to give her guidance on top of that, which is pretty redundant and overall kind of a waste of a slot or a waste of a refinement. So ultimately, this took Blue Hinoka out of the running, Lance Hinoka out of the running, and Wings of Fate Hinoka stood out as the third unit that I wanted to use on this tactics team. So now I looked at the rest of the blue units because I wanted to use a blue unit too. And there's only two other blue units that I mentioned. And that's uh, Brave Lucina and Wind. Now, Brave Lucina would synergize pretty well on this team because she gives bonuses to units that do phys physical damage. And so far, I have a sword user, an axe user, and a bow user. So all three of them would take advantage of Brave Lucina's uh, spur bonuses that come on her weapon. The issue is if I put Brave Lucina as my blue unit, then I'm only going to have units that deal physical damage. And sometimes that can be a limiting factor on teams when you face units that are really physically bulky. None of them might be able to take out that unit. So I also considered Lind as the only blue unit that deals magical damage on my list of really strong units to consider. And the issue with using her is that her refinement only works when there's another mage or a staff user on the team. So really, for me, unfortunately, the blue units were kind of all eliminated from contention. So for me, it came back to using another red unit or another green unit. And basically, I was choosing between either a red mage or a green mage because I did want a mage on my team as well, or one of the red dragons in young Tiki or adult Tiki. So there were several different red mages or red dragons that were in consideration as well as Bride Sanaki. Ultimately, I decided to go with Bride Tharja as a unit that I really like, and I really like the effect of her tome because attack and speed do really well for her, uh, and I like her stat line as well. So that's who I ended up going with as my fourth unit. Unfortunately, I'll have two red units, one green unit, and one colorless unit. And so those are the four units that I ended up deciding on on my tactics team. So just going down that list of factors that I suggested that you consider at the beginning of the episode with the four units that I chose... In terms of color coverage, it's not quite ideal. I wish that I had a blue mage instead of a red mage on the team. But as I mentioned, you know, I really considered all the blue units, and it was just too hard for me to choose any of them uh, to be the perfect unit to fill out my team. So ultimately, I'll have to settle for two red units, one green unit, and one colorless unit. Not too bad. In terms of the physical magical split of my units, it's good. I think one mage and three physical units works fairly well. Uh, you don't necessarily need a two and two split. In terms of ranged and melee units, it's very good. Uh, I have an archer and a mage, so two ranged units and a sword user and an axe unit, so two uh, melee units. So that works out really well. In terms of movement types, it's okay. Uh, I think, you know, I have two infantry units and one flyer and one armor unit. 
So mobility maybe isn't going to be the strongest suit of this team. And one issue is having just one armor unit, but I can use guidance on my flyer and that can help improve the mobility of the rest of the team. So that's kind of how I evaluated the four units. And from there, I wanted to think about which buffs and skills to give each of them. So if you remember from before, I said that, you know, sometimes the easiest way to do this with tactic skills is thinking about the skill that each unit doesn't want the most. That way, that'll help you narrow down which tactic skill each unit wants to equip and we'll be able to give all of the other units on the team. So I did this for these four units. I thought about the skills, the stats that they want to buff the most on themselves, and then the stats that they want the least. And this is what I came up with. For Erica, uh, for her, I'm going to give her a distant counter build. So for her, I think it's between either resistance or defense that she cares about the least. She kind of wants them all, though, because of her weapon. Uh, she wants to be getting all the buffs, and she wants her allies getting all of the buffs, too. But if I had to choose, I'd say resistance and then probably defense are the two least important skills for her to have. For Legendary Hector, it's easy. Speed is the skill that he cares the least about. Uh, giving him speed tactic would be an easy choice. Uh, however, the issue with giving him speed tactic is that he has Ostia's pulse. Speed tactic, well, we don't have that as a sacred seal, so there's no way to give him both of those skills. So unfortunately, Hector with both speed tactic and Ostia's pulse. So unfortunately, he's kind of out of the running for getting this skill on his C skill. And because I intend to give him a bold fighter quick repost build, he's not even going to be able to use a tactic skill as a sacred seal. A little bit of a downside for him with the way that I built him. So anyway, let's go down the list to the next unit. And that would be Bride Tharja. Bride Tharja, and actually Wings of Fate Hanoka too, they, they both have pretty similar stat lines. And they both want to be used as player phase units. They both want attack and speed really strongly. And I think, in my opinion, I think both of them probably care about the same amount to getting more defense as getting more resistance, especially if they're going to be facing units with distant counter on them that are often, you know, the physical units in the game. So that helps a little bit, but it doesn't help a ton with making my decisions. Now, thinking about, you know, attacks tactic, speed tactic, resistance tactic, and defense tactic, and which unit should get each, I definitely don't want to give attack tactic to Erica because Erica's weapon comes with plus four buff to attack to adjacent allies. So not only does she want more attack herself in order to optimize her own combat ability, especially with her weapon's effect, she definitely doesn't want attack tactic on her C slot or her sacred seal slot because her weapon gives plus four attack tactic to adjacent allies. So that's going to be redundant buffing if you, if you give her attack tactic as one of her her C-slot or Sacred Seal skills. In fact, a lot of people say that you want to give Erica a tactic skill as either a C-slot skill, a Sacred Seal skill, or both. Uh, but really, in my opinion, you want Erica's allies to have tactic skills because if her allies have tactic skills, they can buff her and they can buff other units on the team, which is going to indirectly help Erica when she's close to those units during combat. So ideally, I think you'd wanna just be giving tactic skills to units other than Erica and come up with something else for Erica to get other than tactic skills, if possible. 
So really, I would think that you would want to actually equip tactic skills on your other units on your team. So that really brought, for me, the only two units that I really wanted to have tactic skills on were Bride Tharja and Wings of Fate Hanoka. Now, before I decide which tactic skills to give each of the units, before I mention that I was definitely going to give Guidance to Wings of Fate Hanoka, so because I'm going to give her Guidance and she doesn't have that built into her weapon, then I either need to give that to her as a C-slot skill from Tana uh, or from Flying Olivia, or I need to give it to her as a Sacred Seal. And then the other slot that I don't give her Guidance on can serve as a slot that she can use a tactic skill on. And Bride Tharja, she can use a tactic skill on both her C slot and her Sacred Seal slot. The thing is, she'll only be able to choose between the res tactic as the Sacred Seal tactic skill. So because I don't have any other flyers or cavalry units, the nice thing is that when I give Guidance to Wings of Fate Hanoka, Guidance is going to be able to help every other unit on the team. So just one other thing I wanted to point out there. So back to the tactic skills and what I ultimately decided. So ultimately, I had to choose to give attack tactic to either Bride Tharja or to Wings of Fate Hanoka. And I had to think about which one of those two units wants to benefit from that buff more than the other. Ultimately, I decided that Hinoka has Warrior Princess, which gives her effective damage against both armor units and fire units. Because of that, she's going to be able to benefit from having additional attack than Bride Tharja is going to. So that really narrows down attack tactic to give that to Tharja. So I decided to give that to her as a C-slot skill because obviously we don't have that as a Sacred Seal at the moment. So that leaves Tharja with a Sacred Seal slot open for a Tactic Skill, and Hinoka open. Uh, Hinoka has either a C slot skill or a Sacred Seal slot skill open for a Tactic Skill, but not both because of Guidance. So because Speed Tactic is also a skill that's exclusive for being a C slot skill and not a Sacred Seal, that means that I have to give Wings of Fate Hanoka Speed Tactic as her C-slot skill. Uh, that really narrows that down. That's the only way that I can use Speed Tactic on this team without giving it to Erica, who I don't want to give it to, without taking away Ostia's Pulse on Hector. And so that really narrows that down for me. So Speed Tactic goes to Wings of Fate Hanoka. Attack Tactic goes to Bride Tharja, both of them as C-slot skills. So that means that for Wings of Fate Hanoka, she needed to use Guidance as her Sacred Seal. And that ties up the, all the tactic skills that Wings of Fate Hanoka is going to be able to use. That leaves just Tharja left over with her Sacred Seal slot to choose between using Defense Tactic and using Resistance Tactic. Now, ultimately, I ended up giving her Resistance Tactic and... Uh, I ended up giving Erica defense tactic as a sacred seal, even though that's not ideal and that's not what I wanted to do because I wanted Erica to be able to get defense tactic from another unit. Uh, ultimately, I just kind of ran out of C slot skills and seal skills on other units than Erica on my team. So, you know, I, I know this is digging into the weeds a little bit. I don't know if you found that interesting to hear me talk out how I made the decisions to give different skills to different units. But basically, it was like this huge puzzle that I had to put together of thinking about which units want the buff the most, 
you know, which skills and seals are even available on different slots to give that unit those different skills. You have to think about which seal, uh, seals and skills you actually have to be able to fodder to units. It's a whole bunch of different decisions that I had to make to make my tactics team. It took a lot of thought, and I know that you don't have to put in this much thought as I did. There's definitely a way to do this a lot easier than I did, but I was trying to think of a way that I could distribute these buffs as well as possible uh, so they wouldn't be overlapping, so they wouldn't be redundant, uh, so as many units as possible could get as many buffs as possible, so all the units would synergize as much as possible with all the other units on the team and to have a really good distribution of colors and types of weapons and ranged versus melee and mobility and all of the things that you need to consider to make a tactics team. So I know that was a lot of things to consider. I hope that, you know, if you listen this far into the episode, I hope that this was helpful for you. I'll close off this episode just by telling you what the builds of the units that I use. If you are interested in uh, thinking about this a little bit further, and I'll try to just go through this quickly since this has already been a pretty long episode to this point. So let's start off with Erica. And Erica is one of the hardest units to decide what skills to give her uh, because she benefits from everything and she wants everything. So obviously her weapon is refined Sigwind, her assist skill is reposition, her special is Moonbow, her A slot skill is distant counter since she can take on all buffs on all four of the different types of stats. Then her B slot skill I decided would be Wrath. I thought that would help her out quite a bit and I found it to be very helpful in the Mass Duel Simulator. Uh, I gave her Drive Attack as her C-slot skill, which has that good synergy with Tactics teams and can stack up with all the other units who also want to have higher attack. And then, as I mentioned, her seal I gave her was Defense Tactic. Then let's go into Bride Tharja. So Bride Tharja, I mentioned earlier in this episode how Musebull Fire Posey is really good on a tactics team. So that's obviously the weapon I gave her. I gave her Reposition as her assist skill and Moonbow as her special. Uh, for her A-slot skill, I kept her with Attack Speed Bond, which is going to work out well for her when she has an ally adjacent to her, but can sometimes be a little bit awkward on tactics teams because of that one space uh, lack of synergy with tactics teams, but hopefully she has a unit close by that might be able to help her out. Uh, then for her B-slot skill, I gave her chill speed. Since my units on this team are mostly very fast, that's going to be helpful to debuff enemies quite a bit, and I'm using all my C-slots for tactics skills for the most part. For her S-slot skill, for her sacred seal, she has res tactic, as I mentioned earlier. And for her C-slot skill, she has attack tactics. So she provides two tactic skills to the other units on her team. Then let's take a look at Legendary Hector. I've already mentioned most of his build. Uh, he has Thunder Armads and Swap, which is my favorite assist skill to use on an armor unit. He has Bonfire because that is going to trigger every single time he initiates combat with Bold Fighter, which is his B-slot skill, as long as the foe that he's facing can counterattack him. He has Distant Counter, of course, as his A-slot skill. No reason to change that up. And then uh, Ostia's Pulse as his C-slot skill and Quick Repost as his Sacred Seal. So the formidable Bold Fighter Quick and Pulse build. 
And then for my final unit, and this is where everything comes together on my team, and she might be the most important unit on this team, is Wings of Fate Hinoka with Warrior Princess, with its effectiveness against flyers and armor units is very helpful. Plus that Drive Attack 2 skill built in there is very helpful on this team as well. Uh, I gave her Reposition as her, her assist skill. Her special is Glimmer because that stacks up and boosts her damage even further against flyers and armor units. Her A-slot skill, I changed it up and gave her Swift Sparrow instead of her default attack speed bond. I know I went with attack speed bond with Bride Tharja, but for a flyer, uh, they often like to navigate away from the rest of the team because they're so mobile. And so attack speed bond is not a bad skill at all for her. And it will give her one higher attack and one higher speed and it'll work in both phases unlike Swift Sparrow. But I personally find that flyers sometimes need to separate themselves from the group to do their job uh, as best as they can. So I gave her Swift Sparrow. For her B-slot skill, I haven't mentioned this yet, but it is Attack Defense Link. Link skills are going to be optimal on flyers on your team. And Attack Defense Link is going to give a lot of the units on my team skills that they might not be able to pick up through the tactic skills that they have equipped themselves. Like Bride Tharja, who has attack tactic, she doesn't have a way to get buffed by plus six to her visible buffs through any other unit. So the attack portion of attack defense link is going to be a way for her to get more attack and more defense that she might not be able to do uh, depending on where she is on the map. And the attack part uh, is also going to be helpful. Attack and defense are both helpful for Hector if Hector falls out of range of other units and he may since he lacks some mobility. The defense part might be helpful for Erica who has no other way of getting a defense plus six buffs from other units because she has defense tactic and she's the only unit with defense tactic equipped. So attack defense link was a creative way for me to apply the plus six visible buffs to units that have the attack tactic skill and the defense tactic skill equipped. Plus, a nice thing about that skill is that units can use it more than once on a turn if more than one unit uses an, a movement assist skill on Wings of Fate Hinoka, and all four of my units have assist skills, so any one of them can activate the skill on themselves and on Hinoka in the same turn. One additional bonus of having attack defense link is that Wings of Fate Hinoka, if she's not picking up the attack tactic bonus from Bright Tharja on this team, then she can activate attack defense link or another unit can activate that on her and she'll get the plus six attack bonus on herself, which again is really nice on an effective unit against other units in the game. Of course, I already mentioned she has speed tactic as her sacred seal, uh, I already mentioned how I came to that conclusion. Uh, now she wishes she could have the plus six speed as well. Unfortunately, she's not going to be able to benefit from plus six visible buffs from speed tactic herself. But, you know, what can you do? Only You can only give so many bonuses to so many units. And if Legendary Hector could equip both Ostia's Pulse as his C-slot skill, and if he could get speed tactic as his sacred seal, I think that would be an optimal way to go about giving that to, to this team. And then finally, I've already mentioned this too, but Wings of Fate Hinoka has Guidance, and that might be the skill that she has that is most helpful on this team. 
because it is essential for moving legendary Hector around on the map, and it's most of the time going to be pretty helpful for Bride Tharja and Erica as well. And I mentioned this before, but I don't have any cavalry units. I don't have any other flyer units on this team. So every unit can take advantage of guidance on this team. So that is all of the builds that I used here. I hope that that was something that was helpful to run through and not too boring to listen to me talk about all of that. Uh, I know that it was pretty complicated, so you might need to go back and listen to some of those parts again if, uh, if I went through that too fast for you but I was trying not to get too far into it. Maybe I did, uh, but I did want to try to give as much information as possible in case you're interested in building a tactics team yourself. So with that being said, if you guys have any questions about building a tactics team, uh, any questions about anything that I've mentioned in this episode, please feel free to reach out to me at grepsteinfeh at gmail.com. And you can definitely reach me as well as Phil at our subreddit at r slash phaeology. Uh, you can definitely contact Phil too if you have any questions about this episode or about other episodes. And you can reach him at phaeology at gmail.com. And I know all of us would be happy to hear from you. So again, if you have any questions or any suggestions or have anything that you want to mention about for tactics teams or anything else, feel free to reach out and we'd be happy to hear from you. Anyway, that's going to be everything for this episode, so I hope you enjoyed listening, and please make another appointment with your, your phaologist real soon.